Hey guys, uh, I'm Nikhil here again. Hey, I'm Francisco. And uh, welcome back to our two-part episode of Madoka Magica. Today we're going to talk about Rebellion, like the movie uh, that came out three years ago. Uh, no, it wasn't three years ago. I mean, it came out, I think, three years after the initial release of the um Oh, it came anime. out 2018, right? Uh, yeah, 2013, I believe it came out. What? Yeah. It's old, dude. Here, let me look it up just to be sure. Because I know 2011 is when Damn, Madoka like, came out. Okay, whatever. What the hell? Um. Okay, well, yeah. We're going to talk about an anime that came out quite a while ago. Uh, a movie that follows the original 12 episodes that we previously talked about. And we will be building on more of Homura as a character. And also what Rebellion means to the entirety of the Madoka Magica universe. And why that movie is so important and special. Uh, you take it away. I don't know, man. Where should we start? I guess uh, it's a uh, Studio Chef. You throughout the break, you saw some Studio Chef related words. I did. And you I watched one of their style um, now. I loved it. Honestly, I have I have gotten through Nisei Bake, uh, half the second season, around half. Nisei Bake Kise? No, Nisei Bake. Uh, one more, Neko. Uh, and. I like I like Monogatari a lot because of their art style and how much it reminds me of film and their camera work, and how one of the coolest aspects in I think Shaft does really really well. And I noticed this while watching Rebellion as well was that they tend to make their characters really the focus of the show, and the backdrop the backdrops and the backgrounds they play a role, but they're not the most significant role in Madoka Magica and Rebellion. The coolest thing was, like, the witches, obviously. The witches were really cool, and, like, the colors, and the color contrast, and all that were sick. It's the same thing in, uh, in Monogatari, or something similar, at least. But I thought it was interesting that Studio Shaft decided to make the characters more of the focus, and so it's not as distracting. And, like, even when I saw the witches with all those color contrasts, it was still very obvious that Homura was the main character, or, for example... Or there is, like, the main character was very, very, very obvious compared to um, other anime where there's a lot going on in the background and you don't really know what's going on. Another anime, isn't it, isn't it a joke that you can always say when the main character is? I mean, yeah. So I think what you're trying to say is rather than try to make it look like they're part of something, it's obvious that the only people who are relevant are the main cast members, which is interesting and specifically in Rebellion because... Well, I think it's more like they highlight yeah, for sure the highlight, but characters. Like more, like in Rebellion, more than usual. it's even more interesting in the main aspect that the thing about Rebellion that the studio itself, it's supposed to be that they're inside of a labyrinth, right? A witch labyrinth. And they're never once trying to actually hide the fact that they're inside of it because you always know from the start that something's off with the way that everyone's acting, and especially since it's a direct sequel to what happened in Madoka for the 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. You have... You have Mommy back, you have uh, uh, Kyoko back, two characters that died previously. Saika also died. So you have all these characters that are back, but at the same time, the background, it, you weren't able to tell automatically, but because of the way the labyrinth is set up, they're the only ones who are relevant. And the more that the cast members are trying to realize that it's just a labyrinth, the more creepy it gets because every single person or thing that's supposed to not be there starts to hunt them. Remember that moment that Kyoko and Homura like left and tried to escape the city, yeah. but they couldn't. Yeah. And eventually, when the, it was a, it, they they panned out in the scene, and then you see all of these creepy 
dolls that were supposed to, they look like dolls but they're people and they just stare at them I love that, that I love that scene so, so much I love and that scene and the music so that much. played during that scene was insane I love that scene so much I thought it it reminded me like those shadows reminded me of like past magical girls like it was their past that they couldn't let go in a sense or like those were like like I don't know I thought that scene was brilliant there was just creepy. so much going on and it was scary it, it like you, oh, you don't know who God, your enemy so and then she, you just have to continue living as if you didn't see anything <laughs> yeah it's uh you know so i want to talk about the music and i actually like went through and listened to some of the soundtrack as i was like doing homework and whatnot and i wrote down some of the songs that i actually liked and the one thing i can remember from one of them was another episode and that one felt as if it was a fairy tale that shouldn't exist some of some of the music the music was definitely made with respect to what was going on with the story which is very unique most times in movies the composer and the director the director gets a a style right they tell the composers like i they give them a piece pretty much something that they listen to and they said make something that sounds like this and there's even been records in which that the director falls in love too much with what they handed it to them that in the end they don't even use the music that the composer made for the for the actual story which is a shame because then they can't add their own light motifs, the themes and whatnot, and the phrases that they, they spent hours of their time making. One of the most prominent things was 2001 Odysseys, in which the composer went to see the movie, and he was hoping to, to listen to the music that, that he made for the movie, but it never popped up. And he didn't know about that, like, at all. I don't know if the guy got, the guy got paid or not, but I just happy. That's so trippy. So it's really nice to see especially in media, that the composer and the director both share equal part in the narrative. So that was just, that's really nice to see. The music was done with mm-hmm. intention of following the story of Rebellion. Yeah. That's that's pretty sick. You mentioned that you had a ton of um, Reddit comments or analysis that you were reading, right? Yeah, I was reading through some Reddit analyses. Um, I thought they were pretty interesting because there was one really long one where the person... Shout out to you, Leaf Blady, um, on Reddit. Uh, if you do listen to this podcast at all, uh, your analysis on uh, Madoka, uh, specifically Madoka, was really good. And uh, one of the really cool things I thought were your contrast of how like Madoka was like essentially a god, and she doesn't know who she is, but then at the end she's sure of herself. She's selfless, right? And she wants to save everyone but and she does she does go through a selfless act to do so and it's really interesting how homura is the complete contrast to that where what she wants to do she's a devil right she wants to she becomes a devil but in a way i don't even know if she becomes the devil uh, i read a really interesting article about this where uh it, it it's bit ba- uh, a lot of J- uh, Japanese mythology or mythos. And it's really interesting that in Madoka Magica, those traits of Buddhism were really, really apparent. Where it's it's hard to say that... That's why I say it's very hard to say that Homura is just a devil or she's evil. In reality, she's, she's not evil, nor I don't think is she a devil. She's usually referred to as devil, sure, Homura, though, whenever you go on comments. but I don't think she's devil. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, there was a really cool post about it where they said, Homura, which form is described as a uh, witch of Shigan, a Buddhist concept which means mortal world. 
So she's not she she's not the devil. I think she just carries traits that one are not apt of magical girls, but moreover, she's also she carries traits that are very selfish, very geared towards what she wants, which is very human, which is very mortal. And she uses those traits to get what she wants at the end. And it's really interesting that Homura at the end is the one that kind of brings Madoka back to reality. The de- Like the devil bringing God back to reality. I don't know. I thought that was kind of sick. Um, they really are the perfect yin and yang. If that makes sense. You know, a lot of people say that Homura was selfish in what she did at the end. Like to Madoka. Stripping away her godlihood and bringing a human Madoka back. But... I feel like that was the only possible good good ending quotation marks that could have happened, especially considering that QB could have just replicated you know that, the experiment again. You know what that again? entire thing reminded me of? Um, in the Dark Knight, Harvey Dent says a line where he says, "You either see yourself long enough to, or you you because you are good, or you die good, blah blah blah, or you, you see yourself long yeah, enough." Dude, to everyone loves to quote that. It's so cringe. It's and <laughs> no, it might be cringe, dude, but it's so real, right? In this, in this case, it's perfect because if Homura were to continue doing what she was doing and not, like, do what she did with Madoka, there was no other option. She would have truly become the villain. In this case, she wasn't necessarily the villain and she wasn't necessarily evil. But there's, She did something pretty sick, though. She did. But, like, if she continued what she was doing... Like living and dying? Living and dying, living and dying, living and dying. Oh, you mean like back in season one. I was talking about Rebellion because in Rebellion that doesn't exist anymore. She doesn't have to... She doesn't even have a time manipulation in Rebellion. No, right. She has memory alteration. Right. But what I mean is even with the memory uh, alteration and like the forgetfulness and and the changing of times in both situations, the more she would do it, the more she would see herself become the villain. And I think what what the more she would lose her humanity and fall into depravity, which is what becoming a witch is. Yeah, but she never she rose above that, right? She she, she never did yeah, become she never a witch became, at the she, end of Madoka. She, she had love, and that was more powerful. But the thing with there's a lot of people that say she's selfish, but I feel that QB would have just kept doing the experiment until they got a hand of Madoka. So the so for the fact that Homura was able to take that away from QB. And then imprisoning QB was pretty sick. Did you notice that the at the end, QB's pupils, right at the end, after the ending song, and it was just showing Homura dancing and whatnot yeah. to Madame, yeah. you see QB, and then you see him kind of like a beaten dog. Oh, yeah, 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 I did. Yeah. And then his eyes, if you they, they pan into his eyes, and they're black, right, obviously, mm-hmm. and but it's, they're not perfectly circular. They're very rusk, and that's reminiscent of the curses. Whenever you see the soldier... Mm-hmm. It's the same tint, the same color. So what happened with QB is that he's holding all of the curses inside of their bodies now. He, they can't feel emotion, so she's shoving every, every negative emotion she can into their bodies. Yeah. So they're now they became their vessels. Yeah, now they became the vessels, which is, which is cool. <laughs> which is pretty funny. It's pretty bad, but so because we don't understand what happens to QB now, like, is QB going to be able to feel emotion at this point? Because once Homura ascended to god, god, godly levels, just like Madoka, yeah. she brought her her change. Madoka was the law of cycle, and her change had something to do with QB. We don't know what the name of it is, or at least we don't know what it is from this movie. And you have to think about like actually what she did. But she had 
her change had something to do with QB. And the way I saw it is that she's taken every curse imaginable or what happens when a magical girl becomes a witch and she's just shoving it into QB. That I think I think that entire ending scene was super powerful. powerful. The ending scene was sick. Honestly. And you were like, oh, there's more to it. I gotta watch more. And I was like, no, it's pretty good. Okay, that 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 ending scene was pretty pretty good. Um the I think the the half moon is also symbolic. It has to be. I don't know what, but I think it represents duality of of like of not just uh, good and evil, but light and dark, yin and yang. I think like that half moon and then the rest was dark. I thought that was sick because it represents both like Homura and Madoka in that sense. And it represents like all the things that they had to go through, I think. You know, um, there's a second take of that. Cool. There's a second take of a couple of scenes within um, the Rebellion movie. But in, I think the first, I say second take, but only because I saw this one first because that's the one that decided to go with it. But if you look up, I don't know exactly what like keywords you have to do to search it up. But in one of the um, the first time they tried they tried that scene, they didn't have the music playing, and all they had was Homura humming. That would have been perfect. That would have been so. It was eerily like creepy. when I when I watch it, and I think I might share it with you later. Who knows if you're watching it or not? Because it's like 15 minutes long, in addition to every other scene that they decided not to go with. Homura looks insane. She's just humming, and you don't really. It's not perfect. You can't tell what song within the entire, in the entire. Com- uh, composition of music that they decided to go with is or at least I couldn't but it's Madame so she's humming that and she's dancing like you saw her which she has some sick moves but it makes her seem insane like she's not even there which emph- which is emphasized more at the end when you said did she just kill herself? yeah that, that scene was so powerful to me because I think at the end of the day all these people they forgot their memories and they they're erasing past selves and they're moving on with their lives homura is like one of the only people that still remember everything that happened and i think that that's an, that's honestly enough to break anyone and my take was i think she did commit suicide and it it, it makes it makes sense obviously obviously she can't die she's a devil or she's a demon she's godlike. She, yeah she's godlike but um i think she it's like the Kaido thing, where you said like Kaido, from Kaido piece. can fall from Skypiea, but he can never die. Yeah. I don't think that. I think she just wants to feel pain. I I know that's really dark to say, that might be reaching, but I I honestly think that like. She knows she's alone in this, again, and her whole Homura's whole thing is she doesn't want to be alone, dude. She wants lo- she loves Madoka. She never wants to be alone. I think. Homura, quote unquote, killing herself, was symbolic of her trying to escape that. You know what convinced Homura to do what she did to Madoka? What? There was a conversation that she had with Madoka prior to the events with QB, and that Madoka, without her memories, admits she 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 doesn't have much memories, right? But she's able to understand that something's amiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that conversation, too. Madoka said that I would never want to do that if I'm being honest with you. What she did at the end of uh, the season. Yeah. She she said she admitted I wouldn't want to do that, and Homura realized, you know what? If I had the, it took her a while, but in the end, she made it so that she didn't have to take in all the responsibility. Which was it was thanks to Madoka that admitted that she wasn't as strong and she wouldn't have wanted to self sacrifice herself. That Homura decided that if I could do something about it, she would. So it's not inherently selfish because she did it for 
Madoka. She did it for Madoka. Madoka like, also wanted it, for... it if she was being honest with herself. Right, because that's a again. I think this is calling back to the last episode or last last episode that they're all human characters still. All of them are really really flawed people, and what Madoka wants to live to continue to have like have a family to live on is a very human trait. Everyone wants every human wants to keep living. So her saying that saying that she wouldn't do it, that she'd want to live and she'd want to live like peacefully in a sense. It's kind of a perfect way for her to capture that kind of moment. And it's it's pure. It's real. Cuz she's she's saying it from without like any real knowledge of everything that's going on. She lost her memory and she's saying that, "Yeah, I I wouldn't do it." And I I I think we had a discussion about this too in the last in the last part um going back to the 12 episodes i honestly don't think like 95 percent of humans would be that selfless that's just obs- that's an obscene she level jumped of into it because there was it was quick like oh she had it was quick and she, was... she didn't have i'm if i'm gonna if i'm, if I'm being 100 percent real with you i don't think she had any real choice either like her whole situation was she wanted to be someone the opportunity became clear. Everything became clear to her. She had to do what she had to do. The consequences too didn't manifest themselves automatically. And yeah. she got everything the wish was fulfilled. And the consequence only happened way later. And that's the thing, right? Yeah, that's the thing. And now like with her fresh memories and when Homura like hugged her and she was like, Oh, are you sure? And she was like, Yeah, I just I wouldn't do it. I related to that a lot. Because I thought that was that was a very human thing of her to say. Because it's true. It's something that I think any person would say. Why would you want to sacrifice yourself? Like, I personally would not sacrifice myself for the greater good. I know how bad that sounds. I, but yeah, I, I want to... I don't think you're alone on that. Man. Yeah. And I, I don't think... I think that is a very human thing to do and say. And I, I think that's really... It's really, really genius that it was written out that way. Um... We haven't really spoken much about the other characters. And I know you made a slight comment at the end when um, Homura was messing around with Kyoko and Sayaka. Okay, I just don't like those characters. So that's besides you the don't point. Like, oh, I, I really liked how... I'm not a big fan of them. I, again, my favorite character in Madoka Magic is Homura because I think yeah. she's a really intricate, really, really well-written character. I, it's not that I don't mind the other characters. They're all so human. Like, each of them have their own, like... There's literally a word that can describe each of them. Yeah, they all but, represent something. I love Saika and Rebellion a lot, dude. Like Saika was Saika was cool. She was not pathetic. I didn't get any like vibes like that from the first season in Rebellion. She she sounded like she was very she wise. She was really sure of herself. Like, she was sure of herself. That's so yeah. Trippy. That was pretty sick. Remember, like right after the fight with mommy, and then she was questioning, like, "Are you Saika Mickey? Because you do yeah, not sound yeah, like yeah. Saika Mickey. You sound scary." Dude, you know, you know what also was like defining i think in that uh, towards the end when she when saika saw the guy she loved and she was like i'm just happy to be here in this moment and oh my god this is just drawing back to the last episode that we talked about but saika's whole thing was like she was chasing a reality that she could never get in the sense of she was chasing the boy that she could never get correct and then finally at the end of rebellion i think she finally accepted herself and she was just happy to be alive she was happy to be there in that moment instead of chasing something that she knows that's unrealistic. Just making a or, mistake. Just or making a making silly mistake. Mistake. Chasing a mistake in, in, in a sense. 
and I thought that was so good. Yeah, it's nice that she can just chill with Kyoko too. But it's interesting that Homura decided to mess with those two specifically, with Saika and Kyoko. I love how she made Kyoko waste food too, because <laughs> Kyoko's num- one of the things that Kyoko is a, a very prime personality of hers is that she doesn't like wasting food. I mean, yeah, she, she grew up. She grew up in like poverty. Yeah, of stuff. course, makes yeah, which makes sense. sense. But like, Homura got these two. I don't. What were they like? Her servants or something? Like they were supposed to be human. Whatever people and they they were like waving at Kyoko who was up on the tree and then Kyoko's like all right I'll give you an apple it looks like you want an apple and oh no she messed with mommy anyway um so she gives him an apple and the next thing you know they disappear and then Kyoko hears that the apple splashes on the river and then it just goes on the river she's like who did that she yeah. lost food it's like something yeah, yeah. Kyoko hates yeah she just, happened she just wasted it the other she messed with um, Saika by just screwing with her memories too so that was cool she didn't do anything. Mm-hmm that hit her at her at her principles like kyoko yeah with mommy was cool because you saw when, the, when that scene began um homura was just in the middle sitting down talking to i don't know you didn't see what she was talking to but she was probably talking to no one but no one around her saw that it was weird because she's god i, I would assume but something about that as mommy was walking homura took the tea cup and then let it drop because mommy loves tea yeah and then the shattered glass. Mommy turned around. I was like, "What was that?" It's like sounded like a broken teacup, and then she just kept walking. I wonder if she's messing with these people. It's so nice. I don't know. It, it looked cathartic. It was. It felt cathartic just watching yeah. her do this. They didn't do anything to her, besides like bother her for what twelve years. <laughs> twelve years, yeah. Twelve years. A thousand. A thousand loops. Twelve years. Yeah. yeah. You said that if someone was able to approximate. Yeah, someone did the math on it. Uh, it was she went back in time a thousand times, so that roughly translates to about. 12 years which is nuts yeah pretty sick 12 years and it was a month a one month interval so it's pretty the intensity was high yeah i mean no one can say saying after that oh yeah no way uh let me check let me check my notes real quick oh yeah in the beginning of the of the entirety they weren't trying to hide the fact that they were in elaborate it was pretty things were amiss and i love the fact that whenever you saw the nightmares there was two hands like that came out yeah almost like puppeteering the the nightmare yeah the middle finger or one of the fingers of the of the hands which were supposed to represent witch's hands was covered Mm -hmm. and that's because in this movie they emphasize the rings that that they have because with those rings they know what they are they're they're magical characters so they did that specifically in this movie it wasn't too focused on in the previous installment in the regular show but in this movie they made sure you noticed that because those the the hands themselves, the the finger, where that ring would go, that would rep- that would reflect, oh, Homura's was covered, to make it so that Homura can notice that those hands are hers. Yeah, that she was kind of like living her own. Yeah, labyrinth. Yeah, in that she was controlling everything. Yeah, that's pretty sick. So that was sick, and that later on in the tea party that they had was really cute because at the end of when mommy and ep- at the end of episode three. When she was talking to Madoka, she mentioned she she raised death flags saying after this we can go have a tea party. So it's cute that one of the first scenes is them having a tea party with everyone together. Yeah. Yeah. And mommy is cheese and Bebe, which is the witch that ends up killing mommy, loves cheese. So yeah. Bebe likes cheese and mommy says she's cheese when they're going about round table saying what they are, a yeah. part of the tea. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, mommy's like, funny. I'm the cheese. And Bebe's like, I love cheese. And Bebe kills mommy and eats her alive. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. 
Also, something else uh, with whenever going around the round table, Homura says that she's a pumpkin. Right. And I yeah. feel like pumpkin is very reminiscent of Halloween, and Halloween is very reminiscent of uh, spooky stuff like witches. When she says I'm a pumpkin, I feel I might be reaching on this one, but it feels like it. It might be that Homura knows that she's a witch. I think I think Homura knows what she'll end up subconsciously. As. She's accepted her fate. She knows that she's a yeah. witch. And it's int- I, I I don't know. I think I think it's more like Homura knows that she's. I think Homura's accepted her fate. I think I think she knows that she 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 knows what's gonna happen in the future, and she knows that there's no real way around it. So she, yeah, she knows she's a witch to a point. I she subcon she subconsciously knows she's a witch. Yeah, she sure. had a uh, memory manipulation, which is how she was able to uh, change everyone's memories within yeah. the elaborate, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she even changed her own. She doesn't know that she's a witch right now because she she along with the audience realized what's what's happening that one of them is a witch. And it's very obvious who's a witch. Every single piece is out there to make you realize she's a witch. And the deduction that Homura goes through to realize who the witch is, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She goes with Kyoko. We mentioned that, especially when they were trying to leave the city, which is makes it, which is impossible to leave the city. They tried three times. The bus, they think they took the wrong bus. The next bus, they know it's the right bus. But once again, it doesn't turn right or whatever to go to the next following city. Yeah. The city that Kyoko's from. And eventually, the more they try to... To figure out what what's happening, the more the residents or the elaborate itself tries to reject it, tries to reject them, trying to figure out because Homer doesn't want to find out that she's a witch, right? Subconsciously, like you mentioned, she knows that she's a witch. Yeah, she herself doesn't want to know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and Homer's attempt to figure out what's happening, we got treated to one of the best fights in the entire scene. The oh entire... my god, that Homer and mommy fight was gorgeous. Yeah, the gun gunfu man. Who who would have guessed? And the music behind it was really, really good too. It was, it was so intense. I was, I was at the, I was sitting on my sofa watching it, and I was like at the edge of my, on my edge of my cushion. Cushion. <laughs> <laughs> that was the probably the that was the only action piece I feel against two characters in the show, right? Oh no, Psycho. I mean, I mean, uh, it was, I mean, I mean it, was, it was it was probably the most like outward, um, very obvious one. Yeah, I think. Um, it wasn't subtle at all. Yeah. But I thought that was sick. Oh, my God. That fight was gorgeous. And it kind of proves that Mommy is more than capable of holding her own. Yeah. She's not... She's not to be... She's very powerful. It was made very, very evident against that fight against Homura. Bro, in that fight, I just learned that Homura cannot beat String. She just can't win. If the opponent she has String, yeah. she loses. <laughs> but she has logic. And she's she's always been a very logical person. Who, Homura or Mommy? Uh, Homura. I, no, I think she has. I think I think mommy mommy definitely is one that thinks more with her um, strength and gut, and I think Homura is one that thinks with logic and reason. I think this movie made it emphasize the fact that Homura is very reliant on her magic, like, which is I mean it's time manipulation. It's exceptionally powerful, so powerful that what the author of JoJo loves having is all his villain. pro tags have time manipulation. Oh, no. Yeah, most none. Not the protagonist. Antagonist, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, a few protagonists have it, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. But it's definitely out, like showing itself to be one of the strongest abilities you can get have. Yeah, because any ability that can manipulate time is just busted. Yeah, it's really busted. It's amazing how Mommy can even work around that with her strength. And she, she wins. Yeah, no, for sure. Mommy she wins, wins, yeah, which is nuts. So, Mommy's clearly a very... Mommy's way better being a tactician character. than a Homura is. Homura relies a lot on her magic because it's exceptionally broken. It is, yeah. 
I, I agree with that. I still think that Homura is very logical, though. Very logical, and she reasons. But, like, she also she's also the type that thinks a lot with her emotion. <laughs> kind of like a firebender. Yeah. Like, uh, you're right when she um, mentioned the her, logical thing. She was the one who figured out what's going on. She deduced it all yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, pretty quickly. She knew. So I think she's very logical and she's one to think with her, but she's also one to think with her emotions very, very strongly. And that's like a fatal flaw. She gave almost, uh, three which... three reasonings to Saika Miki that something's not right in this universe. One, that she shouldn't know yeah. what witches are. Two, you, you shouldn't exist. And three, only I know who Madoka, Madoka is. And the third one is yeah, what exactly. made her realize, oh, wait, I'm the only one who remembers Madoka. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, the only yeah. one who could be a witch. Oh, dude, when Saika saved... Komodo from Mami was amazing. That was spooky, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The closer no, that Komodo really started good. to realize that this might not be Saika was terrifying because we all, this is the this is the first time we see Saika after she died from becoming a witch. And they kept that witch aspect with her. That her true body is still that of yeah. her witch. So it was just, yeah. so when they yeah. did the, when Komodo did the time manipulation and then Saika threw her cape and then Homura takes the cape away, and all yeah. you see is like the silhouette of a witch of her Saika's witch. It's spooky. Oh, it's it it's works. lovely. Oh my god, I I can empathize with Homura so yeah. much, dude. Oh my god, she's just she was always alone, and like that fear of being alone is what drives a lot of people. To she do was in a hospital for things. years, man. She wasn't just in a hospital, right? At the end of the at the end of Madoka Magica. Madoka tells her right before she dies, I'll always be with you. That's really powerful for someone to say, especially for Madoka to say that to Homura specifically is huge. And now she has to live in a world where literally no one remembers what happened but her. And then on top of that, Madoka was the one that Homura loved. Like, Homura loved Dude. Madoka. Homura admitted and that she felt that she was going crazy. No one too. remembers. Yeah, she was alone. She, she was alone the entire time. And that's why at the end, the reason I say that she, I think she, when she fell off the cliff, that she committed suicide or attempted to commit suicide was because um, it was very, like, she just couldn't take it. And honestly, like, I understand it, which is really, part of my language, but it's really fucked up to say, but I get it. It She was just driven to the point where she just felt alone and she's still going to feel that way because she... She's changing everyone's memories, but she's the only one who remembers. Again, at the end of the day, she just becomes alone again. She's also admitted when she was talking to Madoka that after a while, she felt that she just went, she was insane. Because no one remembers her. She's the only one that remembers anything. So she thought that she just made it up. Which is fair. Which is so sad. Yes. So sad. Uh, there was something really cool when Homura, I think when she called Kyoko, it sounded like she took pride in what she said. Like, I should be the only one to remember, referring to Madoka. It's something about the tone and the voice actress made it sound like she was proud of that. It was something, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm reaching, but that's how I, I felt it on, on the second watch. That she was proud that she's the only one that can remember Madoka. Like, she was close to... Uh, I think, I think in a sense that it felt like she was close to her and she loved her the most. Which I, I get. Madoka's got, she's got clout. <laughs> I mean, obviously. But, uh, I... I get it, but at the same time, I don't know. I just think there's there's a lot to definitely dissect there. And I think Homer's biggest thing, though, is she just can't accept her flaws, right? 
and she wants to Can't change. She, she wants know. to change things and cannot accept the flaws that. Come yeah, with that, them. that's reflective of her magic. And though, right? it's real unfortunate that it it happened the opposite way. And I think it's like a tragedy. Homer's entire story is just one long tragedy of her. It's not even rise. She just tried. She tried to fix yeah. something that she thought she could fix, but she couldn't. And um, I think my. With Madoka, she wants to change the world to how it should be, rather than accepting how it is. And that's credits to Reddit for this, by the way. Uh, I thought that was a brilliant take on it because Madoka is not trying to change the world for the better or for the worse, but she's trying to make it right. And Homura is trying to make the world a better place, and but then there's heavy costs that come with that. Yeah, it's the I was at the end when Homura was talking to Madoka. But she mentioned that Madoka is going to become her enemy because of she asked her, is law and order rules and regulation? Do you think someone that goes against them should be punished or something along those lines? And Madoka said, yeah, I think um, they exist for a reason. And so Homura responded, well, in the end, you're, you're most likely be my enemy, too. And she gives her the ribbon. But she said something about the ribbon represents something. You're like, it's probably the red string of faith. And then you're like, no, I want to know more. <laughs> Do you end up finding Did you find more stuff of that? So the red ribbon, I didn't find that much, but I know the red. Uh, the red string of faith is how I how I took that. Do you want to describe what the red string of faith is? It's, I mean, it describes itself. Uh, it was even in um your name, the red string of faith, when two people are connected, with in faith, you're like you're destined to meet each other. And your lives are intertwined. If faith wills it, then we will meet again, because we're connected. By the red string of faith. That's also usually referred only to lovers and people who are going to end up being involved romantically with each other. It's finding the one. So, but it's probably that. It's not too much. I think it's the color, dude. I think the color. I don't know why it's red though. I I mentioned probably just passion. It's red. It's very passion, powerful. energy, danger, anger. Red has a lot of like connotations that are associated with it. And there's, like, a lot of different things. Like, for example, all those things love. kind of... Just, <laughs> I mean, love is obviously the biggest one. But a lot of those colors kind of fit Kyoko pretty well. And Kyoko is a red character, which is pretty interesting. And I think it just means something. It definitely just means something. It's also Homura. I mean, Madoka. So it's just it's a nice memento. But she gave it back. She gave it back to Homura at the end. So that might also mean something. When she had it, it was a way to remind her of, of Madoka. I think at the... Okay, I, okay, I get it. I think at the end, she was just trying to... She was... She realized that there was no... There was no way out of it. And the, what I mean by that is she had... No matter what she did, there was no outcome in which she could truly be with Madoka. Uh, Madoka would remember who she was, and she would have she would be happy, and so I think her giving back the ribbon is a symbol that I still like. She cares about her, but there's nothing she can do about yeah, it because they will forever be at odds. She returned to it pretty affectionately, just tying her hair like. Yeah, I mean, she again, she still loves her. She still cares about her, but I think it's that. She's accepted the fact that there's nothing she can do at this point, and it is what it is. Yeah. Just like, quote-unquote, quote devil, Homura feels like took inspiration from Paradise Lost. 
Okay. The fact that in Paradise Lost, they just the, the protagonist is I have daddy problems and I want daddy to notice me effectively. <laughs> and here you have a homeowner trying to get the attention of Madoka. Right, but that's just like a general trope. Yeah, it's a trope, and it's and I feel it's just reminiscent from Paradise Lost specifically because they're two godly figures, and one of them rebels against their father, and here Homer is rebelling against God herself as well. So it's just another thing to fit that yin and yang aspect. Yeah, she's in this rebelling against God herself. That's yeah, it's like she's almost, almost like she's rebelling against religion, but that's. That might be reaching for it, but definitely I can see the god aspect. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, I think I think there's a new season of Madoka airing this year. There is, Record, but right? you mentioned that the the auth, uh, the the artist or the designer is also writing the show, which is why it's not as good as yeah. From it's, I mean I'm pretty sure I just read this from a rumor, but. So the guy who was in charge of all the beautiful, beautiful animation involved with Madoka, they gave him the helm to also write a story. While, yes, the original source material is from a phone game, which feels like it's a giant cash grab, and he doesn't have to put too much effort into the story, it's so important in how the writer or decides to get the, the beats going within the narrative. And considering that he doesn't have any background and writing a story that might have been asking a bit too much from the guy right yeah i agree i think that they definitely went a little overboard with that yeah i i mean i read some stuff on this on the wiki and i think i might watch it eventually but i don't know if you want your fix of something similar to madoka machia you can always go with made in abyss yeah made in abyss is pretty similar uh the new season is also coming out this year they recently announced it this year or next year? I don't know, man. I, I, I haven't even seen the movie. Okay. Uh, well, it's supposed to come out late this year. I am very mixed on Made in Abyss. You think it's, I, you, you can't get behind the main protagonist, right? And that kind of ruins it for okay, you. Okay, so objectively, from uh, a standpoint where I can't voice my own opinion on it, I think Made in Abyss is a fantastic show. The The plot is really, really intriguing. The insight and how much it makes you think is also really, really good. The world building, fantastic. The The show itself is so good. I just do not like the main protagonist at all. The music is very good. I do not like the main protagonist, which is why I am very off-put by that show. However, that does not mean I will not watch season two. Really? I actually, I do intend to watch season That's, two, 100%. I, I actually thought you weren't going to watch it. My no, dad. I'm 100% watching I got it. my dad to watch it. And he, well, the old man teared up. He was like, oh, sweet, where's the next season? And I was like, there is none. He's like, why do you always make me watch a show without a second season? Why do, why, why, why does this happen too often? Yeah, that's, that's how I felt with uh, Violet Evergarden, a.k.a. my favorite anime. Yeah. That's besides the point. I mean, I'm so excited for the movie, February 17th through 20th. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, that's when we're theater, it's going to be in theaters in, around yes. here, right? Yeah. Uh, well, rumors are, I thought the release date was April 24th. I guess they're moving it all up, but... We'll find out more. Yeah. For sure. closer. But yeah. Oh my god. Made in Abyss, I'll definitely watch. Season 2. Uh, 100%. Even even though I don't like the main character, the story is just you spent, really You good. spent a couple of times just reading the Wikipedia on what is known about the the Abyss. I was I was obsessed with that Abyss. I thought, okay, so I thought the, I thought the Abyss represented like uh, human wants or like desire for adventure. And not just adventure, oh, but the desire of like pure desire. 
I thought the abyss represented desire, want, manifest um, destiny. All of if that. I would have yeah, to describe it, exactly. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stories and a lot of books. There's the motif about the pit, where in this pit, there's like no one knows what's in the pit, but people want to go down and see what's in the pit because they're curious and they're adventurous or they're again human desire drives them to find out what's in the pit usually it leads to like bad endings etc etc or scary endings or whatever but made an abyss does it really well and we still i believe in the manga they still haven't gotten to what's at the bottom of the abyss yet i definitely stopped reading once they got to the sixth layer which is spoiler alert they got to the sixth layer yeah it's a pretty big spoiler (laughs) but that's besides you mean they're Uh, you mean they're reaching progressively forward in the story i mean sure but regardless, I have not, I have not read the manga yet. I do intend to. I you really, really? I don't know if I intend to or not. I'll take that back. I may or may not read the manga because the manga doesn't look bad at all. I think it's nice. But the main character is the only thing that's super off-putting to me. So I'm gonna wait till the second season to come out. Once I finish watching the second season, I'll make my decision. About I that. personally think the main characters are re- pretty interesting. Doesn't have much sure. going for them in the fact that they can't contribute when it comes to fighting and stuff like that, and they're children, and I allow that to not weigh my judgment on them. Okay, as that's people, fair. dude, she's twelve, man. <laughs> you're over 12. here comparing her to someone right. like Don Freeze. Okay, okay, I should, yeah, maybe I should. I mean, you're definitely harsh on her, but you're also someone who's read stuff like Fullmetal Alchemist, and it's these child prodigies, pretty much, and she's not a child prodigy. Yes, but she's adventuring with a child prodigy. She's not adventuring with a child prodigy. She's adventuring with a with weapon. With a machine. Oh, yeah, a machine, weapon, whatever that thing is. Who he himself isn't all that bright. Oh, he's pretty dumb. That's besides the point. Anyway, so that, I think, about wraps it up for this episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Francisco? I have, like, a couple more notes, depending, like, on the music composer, Kajiura. So, yeah, we still... We can still... We mentioned the cheese thing. She uh something she uses Latin, which is really cool. I when we went went to watch Weathering with you, I joked about how I enjoyed the fact that I didn't know what they were saying when the music was playing, because I felt like that would have taken me out of what I'm watching, because I would have mm-hmm. tried to register what the words mean in my head. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that uses she uses dead languages Latin. She even uses a made up language. I think it's called Kajiurase or something like that. But something else that I, when I was looking at her, her not filmography, but like works that she was involved with, she worked in Pandora Hearts, the anime, which I don't think the anime is any good, but I love Pandora Hearts, the manga itself. It's like 40, 24 volumes to remind myself that I need to purchase all of them. I bought volume one and volume 24, which I was nice. I'm a huge sucker for fairy tale things, anything to do with fairy tale if they adapt it and whatnot. But that's a huge thing in Pandora Hearts. They have Alice in Wonderland, which is. I don't know if that counts as a fairy tale, but I feel like nowadays it almost feels like a fairy tale. Would Would you say that or what? Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a fairy tale story. It's, it's It's new, but it feels out there. I don't know what defines a fairy tale. I've never taken a class in that. Okay. But it's nice, man. It has. Okay. I'm also a huge fan when it comes to Jack the Ripper stuff. I remember Pandora Heart stuff has stuff like that, and I just found it interesting that she also composed that. I do believe that her best work is in Madoka Magica. So that's something else I have to feel. But I also feel that she gives a very ominous feel to her music. 
and it reminds me of a, almost of a Tim Burton aspect to it, which is nice. I recently also started listening to the Beetlejuice musical, which was pretty sick. Okay. Uh, part one's really good. Uh, part two falls off, and it feels like there's no narrative involved, and themes start to not make sense. But overall, it's, it's pretty fun. There was an animatic that was made recently, Say My Name, back at in the early January of 2020, which mm-hmm. is really nice. And I would, if you just have five minutes of your time, just go watch it. It's nice. It's not bad. I also, when Homura had her glasses on and she had her hair braided and she was running, she looks so lame, dude. <laughs> Wait, why did she just that? looks so lame? I just, she's like, why do you look so pathetic? It's probably because I know how Homura looks, but overall, it just looks like she's not comfortable with her body. Yeah. Which would make sense. Cons- okay, I see what, I see what you're I saying. Mean, it makes sense because she was in a hospital for how many years? Yeah. And she's trying to act the part. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's something else. I also enjoyed the transformation scenes they had for all the, uh, every cast member. Yeah. That was cute. Yeah, I like that too. I think I don't. We watched this in three three sixty p. I think it definitely would elevate if it was in ten twenty p. Unfortunately, getting the movie is very expensive because on Amazon it's around between fifty to seventy five dollars, which is I don't even think they're in re- an American region Blu ray players that you'd be getting them from. Um, you'd be getting them on Amazon, and there would. They have a Blu-ray version, and that's significantly a little more. Yeah, but is it like American one? Like, this would it work in a with American Blu-ray? Because I bought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think it should. Uh, but so I wouldn't recommend buying it. Uh, I know <laughs> we've seen it. The, otherwise, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough movie to see, and like you definitely have to shell out a little bit of money to be able to watch it or own it. But I think, honestly, my final thoughts on Rebellion, I think. Rebellion is 100% worth the watch. I personally liked it a lot. I like Homer a lot, which is why I think I liked it. But I also was very mixed about it because, I don't know. I, I, wa- I, I watched it right after I watched Weathering With You. And I'm a sucker for romantic anime. That's just, like, my thing. Uh, it's not like a rom-com anime. Yeah, I think you're leaning more so, towards that. I also just watching some KyoAni stuff, or at least more of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I we already discussed this last night, I believe. Uh, I was gonna definitely look more into the studio and figure stuff out, or figure more out of what I want to watch. But overall, I thought Rebellion was a good movie. It's worth watching at least once. You could watch it more times if you want to get more into detail about it. There's definitely a lot to dissect there. There's a lot of detail in the movie itself. And it's yeah, if watching. you if you just want to listen to music and study, you can just listen to the soundtrack. And just pick what you like. I, I do that sometimes. That's fun. That's about it, man. I have nothing more to say. That's that's all. I miss... Homer is gone. There's, we're never going to see them again. Shaft is a weird studio. I don't know what they're doing anymore. <laughs> they're losing a lot of their IPs. And it worries me, dude. Because I really like Shaft. Shaft is a good studio. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen with them. Should be interesting. Okay, guys. Take care. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it. That's all we have for today for this episode. Be sure to keep tu- uh, stay tuned. We are Our next episode should be Land of the Lustrous, for those of you who watched it. Maybe. 
Studio Orange is probably my favorite studio. You're, you're a sucker. So I'm a big Studio Orange fan because I love their, their work. recent work specifically. Their recent work specifically, B Stars and Land of Lustrous. I I adore both those animes. So we're thinking of doing Land of Lustrous next, and then after that, it's still up in the air. We have we're still discussing it. We might do a another single one, and then maybe a multi-part one if there's interest. Maybe we can do some like One Piece or. Maybe a shonen, fun shonen would be really fun to do. Um, yeah, I think that's the plan for the coming months. So far. And yeah, I think that wrap that about wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening, um, and hope you guys have a good one. Bye. <laughs>